United will beat Fulham scrappily and then lose at Arsenal. So it'll be, we've turned the corner... Uh, and then disaster Moyes out uh, we've turned the corner straight into a brick wall no I mean Arsenal seem to be the only team in the league that are scared of us so maybe we'll uh, we'll put the heebie-jeebies into them and uh, they'll all get poorly again before this game anyway I guess before we get all the way to that Ed how are you doing? pretty good yep uh, not, not too bad given how terrible United were at the weekend at Stoker. I did like that uh, tweet you put out asking uh, could anyone remember a worse performance by United uh, uh, other than the first half against Stoke and several people returned the tweet by saying the second half against Stoke. Although I know you're of the opinion United were a little bit better in the second half but it's all relative I suppose between just about as bad as you possibly get and a little bit better than that. Yeah I, I put that tweet out for a reason like I wasn't it wasn't rhetorical question it was a serious question I was trying to remember a time when we were worse than that game and people did to be fair come up with some pretty impressive answers the second half against West Brom when we lost 2-1 someone going a bit more old school with the the nil one against Otto Galati in the Champions League oof that was some bad scenes Conceding three in about three minutes against City to finish 6-1, so it's at level two rogue. Uh, conceding three to Basel at home in the Champions League. The thing that I thought about that Stoke game was, like, in the first half, we were playing into the wind, not into the wind, with the wind at our backs, and every time the ball went off the ground, it went completely out of control. And yet, time and time and time again, they hoofed the thing Mm. Well, 47 times, to be precise. Right. Uh, that's the number of times United hoofed it. Not the largest number of hoofs by a side in the Premier League. I believe Everton, Aston Villa and Southampton hoofed it more often than United. But even for United, that was a lot of hoofing. I mean, it was just one of the most abject, pathetic frustrations. I was so, like, just disheartened by that half of football. You know, the signing of one matter, you're hoping for something a bit different. You've got the promise of there. I mean, there's a really brilliant attacking side somewhere in that. And there's problems with it, like I need new midfielders. But apart from that, you could put together such a good side out of the, the players available to Moyes. And instead, he's got one matter on the wing on one wing, Ashley Young on the other wing. Get to the byline cut. I mean... Oh, 32 crosses five of which found a United player David Moyes Edward does not know what we have to do to win oh no really David because it appears that you really know exactly what we have to do to win and you're just keeping it from everyone for fun I think we all know you don't know what it takes to win mate no I know yes uh, nice piece of honesty from Moyes there uh, inadvertently I looked up some of the stats because uh, just just to have a check in on whether United are doing anything different than my eyes are telling me uh, United have the lowest percentage in the league of possession spent through the middle or conversely spend more time on the wings than any other side in the Premier League you won't be too surprised by that uh, lie about 12th for long balls um so I thought we might uh, be nearer the top of that table. Uh, having said that, all the teams that are above us in the actual table are above us in the uh, long ball table, as in they play less long balls than United. Sixth and seventh in the league for pass accuracy and possession. So, you know, this is, I suppose, a reflection of United's uh, pattern of play and quality of play this season. You know, it's not good. The Stoke was particularly bad and particularly brain dead as well. So you're playing in a howling gale. You want to keep the ball short and on the ground, don't you? Uh, not if you're David Moyes' side. You still keep pumping it forward and attempting to hit those wings. And, and, and you know, we, we made a bit of fun about the signing of Juan Mata and, and what it might mean. Well, it, it's still a 
same old tactics. Nothing's changed. He was pretty much for the entire first half consigned to the touchline. Yeah, he was an old-fashioned right winger and the ball was launched at him repeatedly. This is easily the half of football I've enjoyed least under Moyes. Many listeners will know I am by nature an optimist, although I found the appointment of Moyes to be a pretty backward step, but I liked to think all the way along that actually I'm really missing something here. But that half of football encapsulated everything. As at level two, Rogue was at pains to point out, we've played badly under Ferguson many times, but there are two things that are different. One, that was generally in the context of us playing well most of the time. Uh, And two, those are the exceptions where we didn't do enough. Whereas under Moyes, it's been the rule that we haven't done enough. And you could just say about that Stoke game, all right, so he had a plan and that was unsettled straight away with uh, Johnny Evans pulling up and Raphael coming on and Phil Jones going into centre of defence. Well, that's actually not a bad thing tactically. Certainly not a good, a bad thing for our style of play to have Raphael at right back instead of Jones. The injury which forced Carrick into defence, I totally agree, but that didn't happen till right at the end of the first half. I'd been driven crazy by the terrible football long before that happened sort of thing. And actually we were better in the second half under those circumstances. Oh, I don't know. I, I just, it was just atrocious. And as you say, it was so brain dead. It was so clear that the way to beat Stoke and oh amazingly the goal came when Matt had drifted inside and slipped a through ball into Van Persie the goal did not come from hoofing across into the box from the byline as Moyes like you know oh how could we not score we got to the byline oh we all know you get half a point for getting to the byline anyway yeah. yes ta- tactics out of the, the Mr Chumley Warner school book isn't it I, it's <laughs> That's 19th century right, football yeah, right there. I mean, we joke, but it is archaic, right? This this is uh, not far out of the Charles Hughes book of percentage football, right? You know, the belief that it takes three passes in which to score a goal. The one that's hoofed out to the wing, the one that's hoofed into the box, and the one that scores a goal. Yeah. And, th- and this is the real worry. So that's what Moyes believes. He sets his team up. As we said last week, you can buy as many world-class players as you want, but if you're going to get your team to play like that, they better bloody know how to play like that, I suppose. And given it's pretty rudimentary and, and quite easy to defend, then United are in a bit of trouble. I was highly amused. Uh, I found a link on the internet. Someone had commented on a, another blog, uh, Stretty News, I think, if I'm right, to give the right credit there, uh, and uh, put the link to an Everton blog called School of Science, and it was an Everton blog from a couple of years ago in which they were moaning about David Moyes and said, the style of football is terrible, it's one-dimensional, uh, it's really negative and conservative, he seems to hate flair players, he doesn't know who he's buying uh, in the transfer market, and please, could someone take Marouane Fellaini off us? Uh, will bite their hands off for as much as we paid for him uh, which was 15 million of course you know they bit our hands off for a 12 million pound profit instead did make me laugh because you could basically replace some of the Everton names in there with United players and it'd be entirely accurate uh, for United now yeah I mean yeah quite Uh, I've seen a few similar sort of pieces and and you know stuff like this is what what you feared the Moyes era would be about, right? That's There are still people who are absolutely convinced that David Moyes is the right man for Manchester United. Fergie's picked the perfect successor and he's going to build a, a wonderful legacy if given enough time. And, and, you know, it's a view that I can't really dispute because I didn't really watch that much of Everton. But what I did watch was was it looked like this basically it looked like what we're seeing from United and well I can dispute it because I've seen plenty of Everton over 10 years and, and this is how they played under Moyes they didn't play good football uh, they did play in this kind of one dimensional way and it worked for them to, to come in the Premier League somewhere between 4th and 10th most seasons right you know um, 
more towards the 7th and 8th which was coincidentally almost exactly what their uh, wage budget was too you know Moise's Everton performed about on par you know destroys the myth that somehow um, he created way more from Everton uh, than than you know he should have done so this is a manager of a just slightly better than mid-table side who's taken his just slightly better than mid-table uh, performances at Everton and transported them directly to Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I think there should be a serious conversation happening right now about whether Moy should be allowed to continue as manager of Manchester United. Um, I think people will say, well, that's ridiculous knee-jerk Chelsea fan behaviour. And I'll, I would say, no, that's, that's every football club. Um, and you could say that we're special and we give our managers time and that's fine. If you if and and when I say a serious discussion about it, I don't mean the assumption is that he should be sad, but the idea that it is completely ridiculous to even think about replacing David Moyes at this stage or in the close season. To me, it's like no, that's that is really not a ridiculous conversation to have. That is a conversation to have based on what he has shown to be his. He's had six months uh, at United, and it's getting worse. Well, yes. I, I have to say, I, I said he, I, I think he should have three transfer windows and some time after that. Uh, and uh, I can't really dispute that. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I could ever predict it would be as bad as this. Uh, I pretty much knew how United would play in Des Moines. Uh, and I had plenty of arguments with people in which they would, uh, people would tell me that, no, he'll adapt his style. And remember Gary Neville said that, uh, Moyes will have to adapt his style to United not the other way around and uh, I disagreed with all of that and I said no he's a manager he's not a philosophy manager he doesn't have a particular pattern to his style he's a reactive manager uh, but he does get his players to play in a certain way generally speaking and it's pretty predictable and, and all of this was very predictable in terms of how United would play uh, the results are, are worse than anyone expected of course and so uh, being a results business cliche trademark uh, of course you can have that debate about whether he's the right man I, I think three transfer windows is probably enough and it's a fair one to adapt uh his squad now if he hasn't done that after three transfer windows that's a failure of the executive but also a failure of David Moyes because apparently he rejected all transfers that United had lined up you know potentially lined up so in in my book and and you know I don't own the club and I have no shares in the club thank you Malcolm Glazer uh, so I get no say in this but in my book it's uh, one more transfer window he better have a successful one uh, and he better get United playing in a in a nicer style and picking up more points by this time next year otherwise he should be be in trouble yeah I mean yeah well, that, that's com- I think that's completely reasonable I do find the backlash to anyone that says anything critical about Moise's performance is to be really frustrating because I, it's like this is what's happening in front of our eyes and all the comparisons with Fergie like Alex Ferguson came to Manchester United an absolute winner United was finished second in uh, his first season in charge you know and he joined a club in shambles and for all the problems in our squad and there are problems in our squad Moyes has made them all worse you know <laughs> apart from the signing of Mata apart from uh, getting the best out of Wayne Rooney adding Yanazai and the signing Wayne Mata, Wayne Mata those are the, the not Wayne Mata that's, that would be bad <laughs> those, are the, those are the positives but in terms of getting the, the the senior players to play for him, well, maybe they can be held account to the fact that they're not. But what's he done to earn such little loyalty? You know, um, the the Rio Ferdinand stuff today, absolutely crazy. I was I was holding onto the walls while reading that. I tell you. <laughs> Um, yeah, ignoring his obsession with his own bowels, there was some some mess talked about uh, David Moyes. I mean, 
Maybe not. Maybe he's just that stupid, but I don't think he thinks he's that stupid, old Rio. So, yes, uh, you talked about the positives there. I don't believe he's got the best out of Wayne Rooney. I think he's got more out of Wayne Rooney. Maybe that's the best that Rooney can give now, you know, if if we believe there is some semblance of decline having set in. A lot of people disagree with that viewpoint, by the way. Matter, yes, uh, opportunistic as a signing though uh, I'm not sure this was in the strategy in fact I think that belied the fact that you know do not have a transfer strategy he just became available and they went after it fair enough when world class becomes available um, as Gabriel Marcotti said in the times you take it uh, and that's what United have done didn't fit into a, a long term squad development pattern by any means but um, why not and and then Adnan Yanazai yes lots of lots of um, praise there for giving him a chance but Moyes does not have a history contrary to the myth of bringing through young players that Everton blog I mentioned earlier moaned about the fact that Ross Barkley hadn't been given a chance uh, and and look at him now has been given a proper chance under Martinez and is arguably along with Yanazai the best young player in the country absolutely um, the Stoke game then uh, an abysmal first half ending with an unfortunate deflection off Michael Carrick oh terrible luck the gods of luck are so against United I mean I've never seen a deflected free kick in my life ever before it only happened to David Moyes uh, the second half a, a, a mild improvement I'm surprised the referee didn't kick it in because you know obviously they are all against United as well. I mean, to say that he doesn't know what we have to do to win a game after that pile of turgid dross. Like, pass the ball on the floor, mate. That is a start. Get your little lads to pass to the other players in the colours, the same colour shirt as them, and uh, you're well on your way. Give up the idea that goals can only come from crosses, or they count double if they come from crosses, or something. Is this, this is just like a Hong Kong spread betting scam? Is that what we're going on? Uh, he's only interested in the money he can make off backing goals from crosses. Well, I tell you what, we're spreading something and then we're grabbing our ankles because we're getting f***ed every week. And I went stoke out past you. You know something's desperately wrong. Now, look, look, let, let's uh, let's get some things on the record here. United had a lot of possession against Stoke. It was in the wrong areas and then it went long and it was really messy. So, you know, the fact is that even with 60% possession, it just didn't look like United were knocking on the door to win that game. Not at all, not in the slightest. And uh, it was just, the quality was dreadful. You know, that could have been a championship game. That's how bad it was. And, and you know, the frustrating thing is, and I, I wrote a whole piece on this, and in fact, I didn't really even do much writing. All I did was lift the words that David Moy said about himself and his team over the last six months. You know, it's always defensive. It's always reactionary. It's always blaming someone else. And, and the ridiculous part about it is he's always saying United played well. Uh, say for a couple of games in the game against Sunderland away in particular where he's he's come out and told the truth and said United did not play well and most of the time he said we're unlucky it's someone else's fault or we played really well 19 attempts on goal from United four shots on target that might be part of the reason why we, we didn't win as well. Mm. Yes, and I thought the fact that United weren't scoring any goals was all down to Rooney and Van Persie not playing. Uh, it was nice to see Marta feed Van Persie. I had a lot of hope in that moment, but United were deflated by Charlie Adams' excellent goal. And, you know, there, there was some genuine misfortune. Uh, the fact that Vidic got himself stupidly sent off against Chelsea really cost us dear in this game. Um, and it was in the on the cards, right, that Vidic uh, sending off, which it was a harsh sending off but it was astronomical stupidity from Vidic and it really did come back to haunt us because when you've got Michael Carrick in the centre of defence you 
know you got problems although ironically Stokes second goal didn't really come from that happening but we had we had problems uh, with the whole shape and structure of the side after that I thought uh, yes and uh, none of that helps you know but let, let, are we going to go back to let's moan about bad luck uh, uh, sorry but you know even with the substitutions and the bad luck we were flipping players out of position and that was Smalling starting to get right back and then uh, eventually Raphael came into right back right and you know it's just it's just infuriating because I think there's so much that is obviously being done wrong and it wouldn't take a lot to fix some of these really basic things some of it uh, I think is a little harder to fix Uh, for example Moise's gravitas or total lack of it is a bit harder to fix and that comes out in the fact that he's so defensive and so small-minded uh, in in his uh, his communications with the media and therefore the fans as well he gives a very bad impression of and uh, noises around Moyes not being respected in the dressing room is is significant too all right so I guess that's the Stoke game right it was grim it was a wet Saturday wet and windy Saturday and we could not do it against Stoke um and I don't know, the rest of the season, I mean, we were really lucky with other results, right? What happened is that essentially we, we ended up not capitalising on what would have been a pretty advantageous set of fixtures. Hmm, well, because Liverpool drew West Brom, right? Everton won. Yeah, they did, but they'd previously lost to Liverpool, so mm. we could have made up some ground on. So with Liverpool's goal difference, it makes it effectively eight points we've got to make up on them, and, and we're not showing the kind of form that would do that. In fact, we're 12th in the form table right now. And and I do think it will get a bit better. I don't know, I'm almost reluctant to say that, because I'm not sure what I'm basing that on, except for, sort of, except for blind optimism. But I feel like we have got some very good players in our team, and... And surely they must be able to do better football than they've been doing up to this point. And, and you know, at some point we're going to have Yanazai Rooney and Mata behind Van Persie. And I'll be really interested to see whether that means Yanazai and Mata humping in crosses um, or not. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, it really is like having an F1 car and sticking it in reverse and uh, screaming around the streets. But uh, there you go. <laughs> To, to bastardise a couple of quotes yeah. there. Um, talking of which, when Gianluca Vialli took over Chelsea, uh, great Marcello Lippi, I think I'm right in saying, said it was like putting a learner driver in charge of an F1 car, which is kind of what's happened at Swansea this week with Gary Monk, 34-year-old Gary Monk, no management experience, now Premier League manager after Michael Laudrup was sacked. I have to say I feel a bit sorry for Michael Laudrup because his essential uh, beef with the boardroom is that they haven't backed him to get a bigger squad because he qualified for Europe and, and his team has suffered as a result and this has happened to other teams that have qualified for Europe um, smaller teams with small squads and, and they've all suffered and, and he's uh, he's basically paid for his success and the fact that he's demanded more resources from a, a uh, resource poor club uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've got the flip side of thinking on one hand that the sacking of Laudrup seems harsh and on the other hand thinking it perhaps wouldn't be the harshest if we got rid of David Moyes. But I, I do think that that's got to do with the fact that Laudrup sort of proved himself very successful at Swansea, really, in his first season. But the flip side of that is is that Laudrup consistently gets sacked in his second season places. It, I mean, I think there are mitigating circumstances here with the, the Europa League situation, but it does happen an awful lot to Laudrup that he loses the ability to kind of um, build the team or d- or have the same sort of impact on the team that he does in the first season in charge it would seem yeah well he was I wonder whether he's got some Glenn Hoddle 
problems here Glenn Hoddle syndrome in that he's he was such a good player he, he struggles to coach players who aren't of the same standard there was a lovely quote from one of the players at Malaga where he was manager previously and he said that it was annoying that he was still the best player on the training ground you know 20 years after he'd retired and once voted the best player in Spain of the last 50 years and he, oh, he's a wonderful player wasn't he Lager, unbelievable player and, unbelievable. and yeah, he's not quite converted it into being an unbelievable manager but he has produced a very nice Swansea side and building on some good work from Brendan Rodgers and, and uh, Roberto Martinez before him anyway he's out of a job uh, more than a few cheeky scamps on Twitter were saying perhaps we could offer him the United job you know I think probably uh, that's not going to happen well when you say the United job do you mean the one partnering Michael Carrick in mid- midfield because I think we'd have that I think that could work that's right yeah um, uh, a few pitches going around of uh, supposedly United's kit for next season that had uh, seven and oh. Cantona on it d- d- doesn't sound like that's the, the real kit to me but a few people saying uh, can you stick him in midfield as well <laughs> alright should we do loads of Twitter questions because there's not really been anything worthy of talking about going on off the pitch at United what, what Rio's toilet habits not, not good enough for you I mean it is interesting that he stepped that far out of line really I'm not talking about the toilet tweets but tweeted after the Laudrup sacking managerial merry-go-round in effect who are we thinking is next lads or something like that and I mean you know it's not mm. it's not particularly <laughs> subtle is it no no I, I'm but you know as as we know he's he's the mole in the dressing room um allegedly yeah <laughs> definitely definitely allegedly honest Rio I mean it's kind of interesting because because at first Moyes I mean Moyes gave a things uh, an interview this week saying that he's still in his plans and and he said he was a huge part of his early time in the club um and that is really interesting that he just played him over and over and over again and basically wrecked him and that's it you know he he just squeezed the last bit of defending out of Rio Ferdinand and that, that he's left him with no defending left in him some uh, speculation that Rio might be David Beckham's first signing and uh, Beckham who's launched uh, Miami Golden Balls FC uh, or whatever it might might be called but but they won't actually become an MLS club for another three years so I think that might be a little past Rio's time yes absolutely uh, he will just send them a consignment of five caps presumably so yeah I mean the the that Rio situation is interesting he's obviously and and it, it's pretty unprofessional from from Rio not to be uh fulfilling his function as a senior pro but he obviously feels slighted in some way uh, by something that's going on yeah well uh, and and he knows he's on the way out and he's he's not going to get much of a looking for the rest of the season so uh, he's he's uh, long retired stroke been retired from international football so he won't be going to the World Cup so um, I suppose he hasn't got an awful lot to lose uh, if uh, if it carries on I suppose United might sack him and as uh, you said send him off to Celtic and, you know that happened with a long time raid of past uh, yes quite eggs uh, yeah it did strike me as a kind of like oh Rio's going to find his locker combinations been changed when he gets to Carrington tomorrow but you know the other thing that happened in terms of uh, players step it, breaking ranks is there was an allegation that Anderson said that loads of players wanted to leave Man United uh, but actually that was a slightly misquoted uh, mistranslated quote and, and then he put on his Instagram oh, I love Man United man I'm like a Man United fan club don't, don't think I would be horrible about Man United I love them that's, that's pretty much exactly what his voice sounds like when he writes on yellow notepad in Instagram yes he, he also said some stuff about how much he's loving Italian food as well no no, no surprise there really uh, alright Twitter questions talking of j- jokes about Anderson <laughs> which is what we normally get lots of at 
uh, Nye Beveridge, one of the great Twitter usernames, um, says, "Do the every single one of us will stand by David Moyes chance actually weaken Moyes' position?" I've 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 thought for a little while that it definitely changed tone to a bit more sort of desperation and defiance when when it changed from the sort of slightly more upbeat come on David Moyes chant to every every single one of us will stand by David Moyes mm, and now it's become ironic <laughs> yeah I, I'm going to be standing by him going Dave Dave get him to pass it shorter it, it'll work trust me at LT Hart Vixen says is Paul not capable of being mean I think I've slightly proved with this particular episode that occasionally I am and uh, <laughs> he also wants to know Ed if you're as harsh on your kids as United fans are being on David Moyes I said you know don't don't pass your baby rice long <laughs> don't throw it all the way over there just just throw it short just yeah, down here yeah um I like this question from uh, at pizza underscore face pizza with a one uh, one of my favorite people on Twitter it says uh, which of United's current side is best suited to play into their 40s uh, Ryan Giggs aside uh, none of them I they're, they're all going to bow out in their early 30s multi-millionaires aren't they uh, no I think Robin Van Persie's going to play into his 40s uh, unless he gets a, some crippling knee knack of some kind I, I think uh, Van Persie's a, he's uber professional isn't he so yeah we'll see we'll see I mean he has had a lot of injuries uh, Rooney won't be playing into his 40s uh, <laughs> you know, unless it's down the park or with a prison side somewhere uh, Evra Patrice Evra will be playing into his 40s like he, he could well do that yes. yeah yeah not well not at any great level Level, but he'll be like Edgar Davids style managing a lower league team and picking himself and putting himself on free kicks and bends. Yep, there will be some people still telling us that Tom Cleverley is the next Paul Scholes when Tom Cleverley is as old as Paul Scholes is now. Um, at beautiful underscore shame says, uh, are we being a bit quick uh, with Moyes? Uh, he, he says, I hate to do it, but look at Brent- Brenton at LFC. Terrible first year, but stuck with him and progress. I think it's not directly comparable because first of all, for all Rogers' faults, most he sounds silly when he talks which is not the worst flaw but it is a bit of a problem he definitely had a plan there's no you could see as soon as he got there there was a plan he was going to build a Rogers team uh, and everyone knows what that means straight away and secondly Liverpool were terrible when he took over well yes true yeah Rogers uh, have you ever seen that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy episode where they go to a planet and uh, all that's on the planet are consultants and hairdressers <laughs> yes that's Brendan Rogers so um, yeah, he's he's ridiculous uh, as a as a person and as a soundbite. Uh, but he's he's got them playing decent football, and it's taken him a little time. But yeah, I absolutely agree. He he didn't take them miles backwards first, and he certainly wasn't playing hoofball, um, which is why the uh, the Liverpool public were more patient with him than say Kenny Dalglish or Roy Hodgson in particular. And a question brought to us via at Jack K Holt from Tracy Holt, who's Jack's mum, uh, who says, "When will they get better? Uh, what are we talking about?" when we say they hey Tracy right leave it Ed <laughs> just leave it um, I, I think the answer is eventually I, I, I do think at some point I don't think terminal decline is going to happen I think either I, the, the only way terminal decline happens is if Moyes doesn't come good and whoever they get in next is a disaster then then we could be talking 20 years of this yeah well you know uh, Roy might be looking for a job after the World Cup <laughs> yes at Tom underscore McGee says, will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? Uh, I think we've done this question before, Tom, and I think the answer is no. I'm pretty confident about that. And at Ben Gloria says, when I dig a shallow grave, how come there's never enough dirt to replace what I've removed? Any thoughts on that, Ed? Mm. I'm, I'm not a real expert on shallow graves, to be fair. That's what yeah. we like to hear. Yeah, I, I like to dig a bit deeper. It's a bit safer, frankly. 
At Mickey Six Chins says, Who is the they that Moyes refers to? My money's on Eileen Drury and Elvis. Yeah, I think it's the, the people in his head. Can you this- not knock it? Can you not knock it? <laughs> Get it wide. No, that's terrible accent. I really cannot do accents. I think that was a kind of mix of Welsh and Geordie. I, I, I like the attempt, though. I'm, I'm glad to hear an attempt. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just Fergie. I'm pretty sure if you go back at the quotes and look at every single one of them and replace they with Fergie, it will totally makes sense. Yes, but if you said Indonesian pygmy as well that also makes sense <laughs> yeah that's true um at, talking of which at jdw tread says if Moise's pr was better would he be less savagely criticized uh, and he says his main worry for for the main worry for many is that he doesn't seem to recognize how bad it is well yeah absolutely i think if he had the personality of say a jürgen klopp um he'd be getting away with it mind you if he had the coaching skills of say a jürgen klopp he might be getting away with it too um at gary j matthews says could you see any of our current problems occurring under ancelotti klopp marine etc not quite in the same extent but maybe that's just me being negative because i'm clouded by the results you know i think it would have been difficult for many many managers of course because every single player uh, that is at united now is a ferguson player and and many of them were were um, you know saw ferguson as gods and and so of course that was difficult but yeah that said every single player at everton is also a moise player doesn't seem like many of them saw moise as a god <laughs> no and you know all the players wanted marine yeah right that's the the scuttlebutt that that day at the Cheshire races just after um, and they're not called the che- Cheshire races are they but you know yep. they were all the players were talking to each other about how they wanted Mourinho and, and you know watching that game on Monday night <laughs> did you watch it I certainly did you know I mean, Mourinho did one on on City didn't he I mean uh, play, play, I mean play, what looked like a fairly negative team from Mourinho dropped Oscar who's who's been fantastic and uh, looked like he was going to play on the break but they they uh, they completely outthought City completely outthought City and were good value for their win you know typical Mourinho he gets the results doesn't he and, and I think it's very interesting uh, afterwards uh, Matic uh, you know went into some detail talking about their preparation they they spent two days on tactics uh, on how to beat City you know you, you, you get the impression that Moyes won't spend more than two minutes on tactics um, at follow my trawler says isn't the focus on Moyes' tactics missing the point Fergie was rubbish at tactics it's the psychology stupid yes but Fergie didn't get his team to hoof it long either no and he wasn't really rubbish at tactics occasionally he would do something tactically quite interesting he just backed his players in a different way uh, Daniel Harris shared a video of counter-attacking goals between 92 and 98 it's like one of the most painful three minutes of my life watching that it used to be really dangerous to have an attacking set piece against Manchester United it certainly isn't anymore mm. except for Manchester United no well um, chances created on the counter-attack against Stoke nil. chances created from other open play 12 so hoofing it in uh, chances created from set pieces 7 yeah it's good isn't it um, at Subban Quadri Kadri sorry about the pronunciation uh, would you rather United finish 4th with Liverpool winning the league or United finish 7th with Liverpool finishing 4th I don't know but that sounds like a really kind of negative Scouse style question that does I'd rather United finish 1st <laughs> and Liverpool were like 20th <laughs> T- talking of which uh, abject failure on a scale of 1 to 10 how funny is what is happening at Leeds right now actually you know what it used to be funny it's probably not funny anymore because I think as, uh, as football fans under dodgy ownership you can recognise that uh, that uh, you know disaster could strike to many many clubs. So it was quite funny when they got relegated, but uh, now being thrown around like a piece of cheap rubbish between 
rubbish owners. Uh, owners clearly not fit, um, but still passing the fit and proper person test that the Football League claims to uh, use. Um, you know, this is a shame. And we've seen it at, at uh, Crystal Palace, now come out of it. At Swansea, now come out of it. Portsmouth, just coming out of it under fan ownership. So, you know, probably deserve better, although it's still quite amusing. I mean, you know, they're obviously a huge rival club and obviously have a pretty nasty section in their fan base, but so do most clubs and Leeds might have it a bit worse than others, but still. Um, football teams should be shrined in law that community benefit is part of the responsibility of running a football team because there's loads and loads and loads of much better ways to make money you know this thing of like oh football's big business and it's in one of the opening chapters of Soconomics I think where it's like no football's tiny business you know the scale of revenue in the biggest football clubs is nothing compared to any like medium sized corporation kind of thing yes well the uh, of the particular organisation I work for the combined revenues of the board members is uh, 1.2 trillion annually so yes football's tiny business on the scale of things so um uh, yeah i I agree i mean in germany not not to get onto a rant about fan ownership but you know it's kind of you know it feels relevant sometimes the 50 plus one rule in germany is also backed by 25 plus one rule so uh, 50 plus one has to be fan ownership no corporate backer can own more than 25 plus one which you know basically means there's a double way block on clubs being sold and leveraged and and asset stripped in the way that manchester united United has and they're very successful and and uh, Bayern Munich uh, now replacing United as the third uh, most revenue generating club on the planet at Tommy underscore CTS says what's your favorite Beastie Boys song uh, I think mine is not a Beastie Boys song at all but it's a Kleptones mashup uh, of the Beastie Boys in Queen called Break check it out it's on YouTube really good very good uh, you got a favourite Beastie Boys song Ed? not sure I do you might want to check out their oeuvre very very fine work more, more of an Eric B fan myself <laughs> what's your favourite Eric, Eric B track not sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you're more into your country and western than your hip hop really Ed aren't you uh, I wouldn't say country and western has ever really been my thing either I'm not really into slapping my thighs <laughs> um at Jack Hawkins 23 uh, says problems are not solved overnight Moyes cannot fix it overnight neither will sacking him fix it overnight discussed absolutely yeah absolutely I mean the, the the thing about whether it's a good idea to sack him is just to do with how you see the future direction of the club and how you see what the first six months of his reign at Manchester United indicates for the future of his reign that's the thing it's not going to solve it there's no way of, uh, this season's European qualification I mean proper Champions League qualification is a a significant outside bet at this point there's next to no way we're going to win the Champions League I mean it would have to be fully Gary Neville written in the stars for it to happen because it ain't going to be a skill thing Mind you, interesting that Moyes and Phil Neville and Jimmy Lubson and Steve Round were all at the Olympiacops game on Wednesday. So um, they're doing their research. Uh, maybe they came away from that going, oh, interesting. <laughs> Can we not knock it? I mean, fills you with confidence, doesn't it, that lineup? I don't know. The brain trust. Anyway, like I, I, that's I've had enough of giving Moyes a kicking because he's trying his best. He seems like a decent chap. He's incredibly hardworking. There's no question about that whatsoever. He is putting his absolute all into this and it's incredibly difficult to think clearly when you're under the kind of pressure he's under and I'm sure that's not helping and actually I thought the the substitutions against Stoke they look like clouded judgment to me Um, and it's very understandable and I hope he's had a chance to take a bit of a deep breath this week try and regain his 
composure and I don't think that's an excuse because I think the job is about pressure and those managers that can see through all of that and make the right decisions at the right time and the ones that are successful reference here Jose Mourinho yeah no absolutely I'm, I I don't think it's an excuse I just think it's a shame <laughs> you know I think he's a I don't think he's a bad guy and I would kind of love it if it turned out who cares hey I, I you know Fergie was a bad guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a guy who back to the hilt, the asset stripping carpet baggers that owned Manchester United. So uh, he was always, you know, Fergie first, everyone else second. So I, you know, I've got no problem saying that. And uh, but he won United a hell of a load of trophies as well. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I don't really care what kind of guy. David Moyes is as long as he's not a, a racist or a paedophile or some other deeply unpleasant things uh, he, he you know in terms of you know managing a football club maybe he needs to get a, a bit of an edge and apparently he does have a bit of an edge you know so don't care um, the question really is is he good enough uh, to be Manchester United manager nothing we've seen so far tells me that he is nothing we saw in the 10 years previously tells me that he is uh, based on his CV he shouldn't have got the job he has got the job uh, as I said you know three transfer windows 18 months uh, if it's not better in a year's time you, you've got to say that's a very good period of time in which to judge him not long now lads <laughs> just grill and bear it get through it enjoy the ride it'll all, all be fine uh, right talking of uh, Manchester United managerial geniuses uh, Rene Moulinstein covering himself in glory in West London uh, not not doing the best job I think no. it's fair to say should he be given time well he's not had much time so far but yeah uh, it's it's not going well for him uh, then again it, it's not a very good squad down there and I think you can uh, blame an awful lot of that on Martin Yol ahead oldest squad in the league and, uh, and he'd let some of that go you know he didn't do a good job y'all didn't manage his squad properly wasn't getting much out of them got the boot and, and Moonlandstein is suffering for it now they've brought in quite a lot of players um, including a couple of youngsters from United so uh, but they they, they they can't wait you know they're in deep deep trouble Fulham and they're not the kind of club that can generate enough revenue that immediate promotion is obvious from the Football League either uh, so you know they're, they're in a bad situation and, and in that kind of situation of course the owner will know that um, they can panic so the, the chance chances of Millenstein getting sacked are there yeah he might think that they could get a short-term boost like Sunderland did last year not that I'm suggesting they bring in Paolo Di Canio but they might think they can get a short-term boost by by sacking Millenstein so it could happen then again there are records to be broken and Fulham haven't won at Old Trafford for 11 years not in the normal set of records that Moyes likes to break he, he normally likes the sort of 30-year range um Stoke hadn't beaten United since 1984 that kind of thing so 11 years might be on the light side but uh, there are records to be broken so you know they, they might come to Old Trafford and win you never know I mean they are so unbelievably terrible that I mean I think we're going to win this game like Fulham are really really bad uh, I tell you though one mistake they've made is because when you're in an absolute desperate relegation scrap what you want is your languid completely casual turn up when they feel like it players to all be on form but they've got rid of all of them they've got rid of the holy trinity of Berbatov Tarapt and um, uh, Brian Ruiz uh, all gone it's, it's the work rate levels whoever they brought in the average work rate at Fulham has absolutely shot up in the January transfer window yes um, not exactly hard working trio there uh, of course um, then again they've reduced the level of quality some bit uh, as well because you know to wrap um, hmm, mercurial they called himself the Italian no the Moroccan 
Balotelli after joining Milan, which is, you know, interesting. But I suppose so in that he doesn't deliver all the time. And some people said to have Berbatov, who's swanned his way off to uh, Monaco. Uh, and Ruiz, well... He flattered to deceive, very talented player, but didn't always deliver, didn't score enough goals either. So, you know, they're going to go for function over style for the, the last 15 games of the season. It's probably what they need, you know. Millenstein's not stupid. He's a good coach. He, who knows whether he's a good manager? And um, as I said, they're in a desperate, desperate situation. Yeah, absolutely. And and what better tonic for them than a, than a visit to the three-point hotspot capital of the world, uh, Old Trafford? Uh, I, I think we're going to win, Ed. What's your prediction for that game? Yes, I, I think we're going to win seven. 24-0. I'm going with 2-0. Yeah, I think it's going to be messy. I'm going to go for 2-1. Blimey. And that, that's what we beat Sunderland by, and Sunderland were the worst team in England when we played them. They're, they're now rocketing up the table. It is actually very tight down there. Stoke on 11th, in 11th, have 25 points. Fulham in 20th have 19, so, you know, two wins between 11th and, and bottom place in the Premier League. And, yeah, it's not an awful lot, so it's very tight, and it's very hard to predict who is going to get relegated. Spreading out a bit more at the top, you know, two between the top three and then a gap to Liverpool and of course that 15 point gap to United (laughs) yeah nice to see Cardiff getting a win for Oli Solskjaer that was that was good uh, I think they'll be fine they'll be fine that's my Mark Lawrenson not very good yeah anyway they'll be fine Gary that's that you're normally better that's that's just a little bit camp <laughs> yeah well mark lawrenson so uh we are going to play fulham and, and we might win that one and then we're going away to arsenal where i don't know you got to be pretty optimistic to see that ending well for united right now yes i mean arsenal are, are up and down i think in terms of their performances you know they they did beat palace but they made heavy work of that didn't they Maybe with their bogey team, given that uh, somehow we actually managed to beat them. The only team in the top half of the table we've actually managed to beat all season or something to that effect. I can't see United going there and winning, but but maybe this will play into Moyes' hands a, a little bit. United will have to play pretty negatively. We'll have to look to close up shop. Unfortunately, Moyes' team is not very good. <laughs> you can just stop there. <laughs> Unfortunately, Moyes' team is not very good. <laughs> Unfortunately, Moyes' team is not very good on the break. You know, we we are not creating chances on the breakout. We have got the players to do that. Of course, you know, it's not really a, about speed of players. It's about speed of movement and thought and passing. And, and uh, we don't really do that. So I'm not sure we're going to set up in the way that, say, Ferguson's teams set up at the Emirates in recent years, where we, we mugged them quite a few times, didn't we, by taking them out on the break. So you know, we'll see. I think we'll set up and, and try and be hard to beat. But um, that might backfire on us. Yeah, I mean, I think about the game and I think, oh, we're probably going to lose. And then I start thinking about, well, you know, got Juan Mata, he's pretty good. Got Van Persie up front, he can score goals, Rooney's good. Probably play Yanazai in that game, that'd be exciting. I can maybe do them some serious damage. And then, you know, it's like Statler and Waldorf in the Muppets. I go from like being completely flat out convinced it was terrible to being convinced it's going to be wonderful. Uh, and I suppose the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's probably unfair to suggest we have absolutely no chance in that game. But given, given the performances, lately given the injuries in in defense and all that kind of stuff i just think it's uh i don't know i think it's a long shot we're gonna get anything out of that one yeah it does feel like it i mean what one saving grace for united that is that arsenal do have some tough games right so they are going to have to rotate they play liverpool away in the league this saturday then they play us at home on the wednesday then they've got liverpool again in the fa cup and then they've got the game against Bayern munich so they've got all these tough games in this period and and maybe 
the focus will go a little bit you know maybe a little bit of complacency will creep in because they're playing a side down the league god this is desperate isn't it and maybe that gives United a chance (laughs) I'm out drop the mic we're done How far we done fell? How far we done fell? Oh, it's just unbelievable, isn't it, Ed? Yeah. So during the 1929 stock market crash in the States, thousands of men threw themselves off buildings and bridges because they saw no hope. Don't, don't do that, guys, if you're listening. Don't, not yet. Not yet. Give, give it a couple more games first. It's only football. It really is only football. That's the, the saving grace, as always, is the worst case scenario is that the football team you like is bad. Not, not the end of the world. And so, yeah, I suppose on that note, on that cheery note, we should wrap this podcast up. Yes. Well, thanks for listening uh, to this hour of moroseness. Uh, it's, it's not been good, has it, the past week? There's, there's been very little positivity. It was terrible on the pitch uh, against Stoke, a terrible performance. Uh, the image that we all have in our mind now, uh, not of Jack K. Holt's lovely mother, Hi Tracy, uh, but of Rio Ferdinand holding onto the walls while crimping one off. It's, it's, it's bad stuff. <laughs> this is all kind of unacceptable. This. If you want to get hold of Ed uh, to discuss these unacceptable tendencies between now and next week, you can get him at United Rant. You can get me at UTD Rantcast. Uh, you can read my stuff on a Bleacher Report. You can read Ed's stuff on UnitedRant.co.uk. You can find us both at Facebook.com/slash United Rant. And if you want to help with uh, covering the costs of bandwidth caused by this much morose uh, moaning about Manchester United uh, you can go to unitedrant.co.uk slash donate and in spite of the football I hope you all have a really really lovely week and uh, feel like joining us for another one of these approximately the same time next week when we'll be celebrating Ed uh, 2-1 when you said against Fulham how much do you think we're going to beat Arsenal by? I think it'll be 2-0 uh, unfortunately to the Gunners ah curses oh well if you want to commiserate with us after the loss I think we're going to lose 1-0 in that game no, 2-1. We're going to score a goal. Uh, if you want to commiserate with us after that, join us next week. Uh, and we look forward to speaking at you then. See you then.